Good evening, church. When that song is sung, Lord, won't you reign in me again? We ought to rearrange the words to, Lord, don't stop reigning in me. <laughs> right? Uh, it's great to see you all here tonight. Let's go to God in prayer, please. Righteous God and King everlasting, thank you for this evening hour, this time to worship you. We ask, oh God, that you will bless our worship, that you will keep our minds focused only on you on your word, your will, and your way, and help us never to forget Jesus, your great Son, in whom you so willingly sent to die on that cruel, cruel cross of Calvary that we might be saved. It's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray and thank thee to be thy will. Amen. Tonight we're going to close off this, um, this, these lessons we've been talking about doubting, and we're going to close them off with casting off the seeds of doubt. So let's pray that we can, we can do that tonight in our studies. Matthew chapter... 11. I want to start with John the Baptist because if anyone doubted Jesus, it was John the Baptist. You go, if anyone doubted Jesus, you go, we can understand it. But John the Baptist, why would he doubt Jesus? Now, sadly, we're probably not going to come to the answer as to why he doubted Jesus. But we're going to look at the text that God has given to us and we're going to glean from it something that will help us uh, in our turmoil in times that we doubt. Matthew 11, verse 2. Now when John was in prison, he heard of the works of Christ. He sent word by his disciples, and he said to him, Are you the expected one, or shall we look for someone else? Think about just that question. John is the way preparer. He's done his work to prepare the way for the Messiah. But then he began to doubt, have I done my work? Because if the Messiah hasn't come, you, you, you need to get back out there and finish the job. Or maybe you have done your work. It, it's just kind of confusing. Because John, when you, when you look at Matthew 3 and verse 11, he speaks of Jesus. We know he baptized the Lord. Verse 11, as for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I. And I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will, be baptized. he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, and his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clear his thrusting floor, and he will gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. John says this about Jesus. Luke chapter 3, the next passage uh, we'll look at, beginning in verse <clears throat> 21, the baptism. So, so here's John and his He's baptizing his cousin, the Messiah, in verse 21. Now it came about when all the people were baptized that Jesus also was baptized. And while he was praying, heaven was open, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came out of heaven, Thou art my son, my beloved son, in thee I am well pleased. And, and John said there will be a sign. That sign was right there at the baptism of Jesus, and John's mission was to prepare the way for Jesus. John 1, John 1, he sees the Messiah coming, and, and he says about the Messiah, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John 1 and verse 29. The next day he saw Jesus coming to him, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In verse 32, And John bore witness, saying, I have beheld the Spirit, descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. 
So there are all these scriptures that says John should have known the answer to his own question. Matthew chapter 3. I guess we're going to get to the fact that, well, John's human, and there's some questions that we might want to ask regarding his situation. John also knew the prophecy. Matthew 3, beginning in verse 1. Now in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is the one referred to by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord, make straight his paths, or make his paths straight. John says that. John 1 and verse 22. The Bible says, They said then to him, Who are you? So that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. And yet, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 3, we have to read that and say, what happened? Matthew 11 in verse 3, he said to him, Are you the expected one, or shall we look for someone else? So, why did John doubt? If he knew all of this, and then he comes to this point in the walk of his life, why did he doubt? I do not have the answer. But what I do know is, I get it. Sometimes life overwhelms us and it makes us forget what we know to be true. Sometimes life becomes so difficult that it blinds us, right? Struggles in life can blind us. And it can make us even miss what we know is true, what is right in front of us, it can make us miss, even forget about the great blessings of the Lord. You see it over and over again throughout the Scriptures that God's people forgot and they forgot and they forgot and they forgot and they... And we just see it over and over again. Sometimes life can be so crippling that it causes us to forget what we know is right and what we know is true. Like this morning's lesson. That everything good comes from God. All the bad stuff comes from Satan. But how good Satan is at causing us to, to get a little confused, right? To find ourselves in the world of bewilderment. So what can we glean from it? Again, I don't have the answer. I don't want to speculate. We don't have to. But what can we glean from it? Here's what we can glean. John found himself in, we're going to Matthew 11, in a difficult situation. Whatever was going on in his mind, and he asked the question, are you the expected one, or shall we look for someone else? And how does Jesus answer the question? Alright, so now we're talking about casting out the seeds of doubt, right? How does Jesus teach us to cast off the seeds of doubt. Look to the Scriptures. 
That, that's the answer. It's so simple. It's like, oh, wait, there's no great theological. No, there's no great theological idea behind this. It's just simple. It's just go back to the scripture. That's exactly what Jesus Christ did. Listen, verse 3, shall we expect someone else? Verse 4, Jesus answered and said to them, Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who keeps from stumbling over me. And we might say, well, what kind of answer is that? Well, that's the prophecy. That's the scripture. Even John, if you will, knew about and talks about the Messiah who would come. Jesus redirects John's mind back to the word of God. Look at Matthew 4. And this is what Jesus does, right? Here's the answer. The answer is, look to the scriptures and not to our feelings, right? It's easy to run to the feelings, right? Well, this is the way I feel. I feel like, I feel like, and then we give this long explanation of how we feel, and then we say, whoa, whoa, let's wait a minute. Let's go back to the Scriptures, and let's see what God has to say, right? It kind of refocuses us, right? And that's what he does with John. He refocuses John back to the Scriptures. It's the same thing he does in his temptation. In Matthew 4, beginning in verse 3, the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He goes right back to the Scriptures. So here, go, go to Isaiah uh, 61. So don't confuse faith with feelings. That's easy to do, right? If our faith is built on feelings, we're going to fall, right? It has to be based on the evidence, right? Faith is based on evidence. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. The evidence is in the Scriptures. I can't base it on what I feel. i got to go back to what the Lord says. So, Jesus gave John an answer. He says, John, refocus your mind to the Scripture. Do you remember John? Of course he does. Isaiah 61, beginning in verse 1 exactly what he said to him. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty of captives and the freedom of prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. And he just goes on. The Scripture. Go back and John goes, yes! That's what the Scripture says. And then his doubt is gone. What made him doubt? I don't know. But I know that when I find myself in doubt, in a moment of doubting, I can go to the Scriptures to remind me of what I know to be true. So, let me give you four, four things and then we'll, and then we'll dismiss uh, tonight. Number one, when you find yourself doubting, we're going to Matthew, or Mark rather, excuse me, uh, chapter 9. When you find yourself doubting, Admit that you're doubting. Admit it. I'm weak. I'm, I, right now, I am, I am doubting. I'm just, I'm just I'm doubting God or I'm doubting whatever it is we're doubting, right? Just be open and honest. I'm just doubting. I'm struggling with this. 
And if anyone says to you that I'm struggling with something in their lives, take them to the scriptures, right? So it's, it's my responsibility when I find myself doubting my very situation, my existence, my whatever, I need to go to the scripture. I need someone to take me to the scriptures to say, no, no, look, Tony, go back to the scriptures and look, here's what the Bible says about a situation like this, right? So we're not looking for the specific because the specifics aren't necessarily found in the word of God, but all the principles are, right? The principles are always there. So it doesn't matter what situation I find myself in, the answer is in the Bible. It's there in principle, right? So we go grab the principle verse or verses, and we help someone to understand. We bring them back to what thus saith the Lord. What does Jesus say? Tony, stop relying on your emotions right now and, and go back to the Word. What does Jesus say, right? All right, so Mark 9, verse 23 and Jesus, this is the man whose son was uh, demon-possessed. Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the boy's father cried out and began saying, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Right? So the boy's, the boy's convulsing and he's, he's demon-possessed. And, and Jesus says, believe. And he says, well, I believe you can do it. Kind of. <laughs> right? There's, a, there's the other side. But help my unbelief. I'm struggling with this right now, Jesus. Admit it. Ad admit when you're struggling in your beliefs. Number two, don't be afraid to borrow someone's faith. And what I mean by that, let's go to Proverbs chapter 27. Sometimes uh, I, I'm, I'm weaker, and in other times my wife is weaker, and so we just we just, you know, we borrow each other. I go to her. Hey, she gives me strength when I need strength, and I give her strength when she needs strength. And if both of us are in trouble, our children give us strength, and we go to, you know. It's this whole thing. We just borrow each other's faith, right? Just give me some help. I just need help right now, and someone can be there to slap you out of it, right? Proverbs 27 in verse 17, the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. And so one man sharpens another. See, but you have to be honest, right? You have to say, you know, I'm struggling with my faith. And, and even though I'm struggling in this very situation, maybe this other individual is not. And so they can say, what are you, why are you struggling with that? And I'll say, I don't know. I, I don't know why I'm str struggling with that. I had to go to my wife one time. I was, I was uh, out and, and I, I just had this issue. I don't know why. I just... Well, for some, I'm a great swimmer. Well, I won't say great, but you know, I'm a really good swimmer and I'm not water. I love the water and I go to the extreme sometimes with the water and I love the water. And, and yet, for some reason, one day I got to the water, to the ocean, and I said, I don't know why, but I got this feeling. And she's like, what feeling? I don't know. I was kind of weird. She goes, okay, what's going on? I feel like I need a life vest. And she goes, what? You never wear a life vest. I go, I know. Something's wrong. And she goes, well, what's going on? I go, I don't know. And, and I was I was like, ah, maybe I just won't swim. And she goes, no, you need to go swim, but go get a light vest. Just, you know, I said, okay. I went and got a light vest. I felt awkward, you know, <laughs> right? And I just, but I, I got in the water. And then we, we went back again and, and another time. And I was like, okay, go challenge yourself. Get back out there. So back out there. Everything's fine. But I don't know. Sometimes I don't have the answer, right? Sometimes we don't have the answer as to why we're struggling. I don't know why I'm, I know what the Bible says. I don't know why I'm struggling with this very thought or, or whatever it is in my mind or my heart. I'm just, I'm just struggling, and I don't know why. 
And then someone else might say, but you've never struggled with that. See, I know, and that's why I don't know the answer. But here's what I need someone to do. Take me to the scriptures, right? Take me to the scriptures. Someone, iron sharpens iron. The third one, the third one. We're going to 2 Timothy chapter 3. The third one is um, doubt your doubts, right, <laughs> about God. Challenge your doubts. See, I know one thing. I know that God is always true, right? So if God is always true and God cannot lie, and God has said it, and it's in his word, and I read it, and I see it with clarity to understand it, and then I begin to doubt that, there's something wrong with me, not God, right? Doubt your doubt. Challenge your, your doubts. You know, poke holes in your doubts. Say, why in the world am I doubting what the Bible says in this area of my life or during this situation or whatever it is? I, I don't know the answer, but I do know this. God cannot lie. It's impossible for God to lie. God cannot be tempted by evil. God is not in evil. God is outside of evil. God is always right. And i got to challenge my doubts and say, okay, Tony, what evidence are you using to doubt God? My feelings. Tony, get away from your feelings. Get back to what the Bible says. What does the Bible say? What is, what is the source of your evidence for your doubting? And I would say, well, you know, my source for my evidence for doubting is this feeling. I'm just having this. I'm just struggling. Go back to the Word. Hear the Word says. So this is the beauty about this uh, uh, thought. You might spend the rest of your life trying to find the answer. Look at how much you're going to grow. Right? Trying to find the answer. Just go look back and say, I don't know. I just, you know, I'm, I'm looking and here's what the Bible says and, and, and I'm doubting. Um, oh, wait a minute. Can you doubt God? I'm doubting God, but I know God's right. Every time. God is never, ever wrong. He has never, ever been wrong. It's never, ever God. It's always me. I can accept that. Right? And so I have to poke holes in my, in my doubt. So here's what I have to do then. When I find myself out there, uh, uh, you know, struggling... Here's what I need to remember to do. I need to go back to what I know to be true. Go back to the foundation. Right? Go back to the foundation. Right? Don't start I was talking to someone just the other day when we were talking. Just don't start like here in my situation. Take about five steps backwards. And let's find out where it started. Where did, where did my doubting begin? And I may have to go back 10. I may have to go back a few years. I may have to go back. I mean, I don't know how far I have to go back, but I need to go back because my doubting didn't start right here. I didn't wake up one day and go, hey, today I think I'll just doubt God. No, no, no. It started somewhere. I need to go back there to that foundation to find out where this doubting began. Because I guarantee you this, it never begins one morning you wake up and it's there. It's something that's been stewing or brewing in your mind from times past, and you've got to go back there and figure it out. Second Timothy uh, chapter 3. Go back to what you know to be true. And what you know to be true is the Word of God is not only uh, living and active, as uh, the Hebrew writer tells us, the Word of God is never wrong. Right? Verse 14. Paul talking to uh, Timothy. 
And he says, you, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing them from whom you have learned them. All right. So my foundation, I've learned some things growing up. I've learned through the word of God. I've learned through experience. I've learned through other folks. You know, I've challenged what I've learned. I've thought about what I've learned. And you know, it consistently comes out to be true. It's in aligned with the word of God. Right? It comes from the Word of God, and, it, and it's right here in my life. That I know. He says, look, you didn't just learn it. You're convinced of that. Go back to what you are convinced of and start right there. Right? What have you learned, and what are you convinced of? Well, here's one thing I know for sure. Start right there, and then move forward to challenge your doubts. Let's keep reading. Verse 15, Paul is talking to Timothy. And that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So now, I can't, that wasn't apply to me. I didn't learn it when I was a child. I didn't learn them as a young adult. I learned them later in life. But for you, maybe, the scripture applies specifically that you go back to your childhood, right? And you've learned certain things from your childhood that you know are true without a shadow of a doubt. There are things I learned from a childhood growing up that I know were true, Based on the word of God. just didn't know it at that time. But now I know where it comes from. Go back to your source. Go back to what you know to be true. The next verse says, All scripture is inspired. That we know to be true. All scripture, these 40 men who wrote, they didn't write on their own. God gave it to them. God was the penman, if you will, who put the words on the paper through their minds. God did that. We can trust that and know that's true. And it's profitable, right? Everything in this book, <clears throat> excuse me, is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. It's profitable for all this good stuff. This is what God's Word does for us. That the man of God, you and I, may be fully equipped, right? God gets us ready for everything. Everything. That the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. I know that to be true. Take people to the scriptures. That's what Jesus did. Right? 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. The Bible says, For this reason I also suffer these things. But I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. And I'm convinced. There's that word again. Right? I'm convinced that he's able to guard what I've but I have entrusted to him until the day, or that day. I'm, I'm convinced. And maybe that's part of the problem. We know the Word of God. We believe the Word of God, but are we convinced? Right? Are we convicted? Right? Are we converted? It sounds like Romans 1, doesn't it? Convinced and convicted and converted. Convinced. Are you convinced? Well, wait a minute. If I'm over here, I'm struggling, and I'm doubting, or well, whatever it may be, I'm, I'm over here, I'm struggling, and I go back to the scriptures and I read the scriptures and I begin to doubt the word of God, I was never convinced. And I was never convicted. So I need to go back a little bit further. You see, something happened that drew me away. Way before, I didn't wake up like that. There's a series of events that happens in our lives. John, through all of his work, with all the difficulties, with all the people, and now he's in prison. And he told the truth. He said, the woman you have, it's not lawful. It's not lawful for you to have her. 
and he was looking at being beheaded. He was in the prison. He didn't know he was going to be beheaded, but he knew that he was in trouble. Will I ever get out? Is this the end of my life? I mean, I don't know what was going through his mind, right? But in there, there was something that happened. There's something in John's ministry that John says, maybe John wasn't thinking about Jesus as much as John was thinking about, have I finished the work that God sent me here to do? So I don't know the answer, but we could speculate on this uh, all night, and I don't, I don't want to do that. I want us to glean, glean from God's word. If we admit our doubts and ask God for help, and, and you know, sometimes when you talk to people, I know it, it may feel foolish for you to say, I don't know why I'm struggling with that. Don't, don't allow that foolish mindset to come in and enter into where you can't admit the truth. God wants us to be honest, right? He wants us to be honest. Just admit the truth. And then as you're walking through this, this, this valley, uh, don't be afraid to borrow someone's faith. Go to someone and get some help. And then remember to challenge your doubts. Because if you're doubting God, then there's something going on there. You need to go back and challenge it. See what's going on. And then finally, always remember to go back to what you know to be true. Right? So Proverbs chapter uh, 3, always remember to go back to what you know to be true. And the place you're going to find truth over and over again is the Word of God. You're going to find consistent, accurate truth over and over and over and over again. You find a God who says, I change not. You find a God who, who emphatically tells us that He is God and we are not, and there is no other God. We find a God who tells us that it's impossible for Him to lie. We find a God who tells us that we are to sanctify uh, His Word and truth for His Word is truth. So there are all these scriptures about the Bible, the Bible itself. And you know what the Bible does? The Bible has said this, and people have tried to refute it. They've challenged it, and they're wrong every time. right? And I love it. I, I, I mention this time and time again. I love it when archaeologists say, well, the Bible wasn't right there. And they go out, and they find it, and they're like, wow. They just don't write a big blurb like, oh, the Bible was right. They don't do that. You know, or science, you know, they don't usually do that when they say things like the Hittite nation didn't exist and then they find them. Oops. They don't write a big blurb and go, you know, we were wrong on that. You know, they don't write a big blurb when they say, you know, the Grand Canyon is 40 billion years old. And then they say, yeah, well, we're a little off on that. It's actually only 1 million years old. <laughs> right? And you go, what? That's a, you know, long, uh, yeah, that's a great distance from 40 billion to 1 million. That's a great distance. How do you get that far away? Right? Doubt your doubts. And the Word of God tells you it's always right. And you can trust it. I guess the question is that we can grow from is maybe our start ought to be today before we get to the point of doubting. Maybe we ought to find out or discover what I'm really truly convicted of. And then grow that. So I have a foundation that I can hold on to. So what does the Bible tell us? Proverbs 3 and verse 5. Trust in the Lord with a little teeny portion of your heart. Doesn't say that, does it? He doesn't say half of your heart or three quarters of your heart. 
you can put all of your faith and confidence in the Lord. God says, I, won't, I don't want just a little bit. I want it all. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Now, there's something that's going to have to happen. Uh, preacher, you can no longer lean on your own understanding. You cannot trust God on one hand and then lean on your own understanding on the other. You can't do that. It's either all God or none. So tonight the question is, as I'm thinking about casting off the seeds of doubt, something I may not understand or, or something I'm going through, am I willing to not lean on my own understanding, but to truly trust in God with all of my heart? That's up to me, isn't it? Right? Feelings, facts. Don't let your life be run by feelings. Stick with the facts. Right? Well, thank you tonight for allowing me to go through this uh, little series on, on doubting. And I pray that something was said to encourage us in our walk of faith. And tonight, if you're struggling in your walk of faith, and we can pray with you or pray for you, uh, please let us know. We'll pray with you and we'll be there for you as you've been there for us. Tonight, if you're not a Christian, we encourage you to come to God, surrender to Him in the waters of baptism. If we can help in any way, please come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation. Why don't you come? I know the Lord will 